chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount Plus. Hello and welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Kip Adams of Dogs247, joined once again by my highly esteemed colleague, Rusty Mansell. Rusty, coming off that that big uh, birthday, it feels like I've been working for you, with you for uh, half the birthdays you've had on this earth. But uh, how was it, man? How was it, uh, you know, gaining another year? I'll tell you what, you come my age, traveling all weekend in the heat, uh, I got to take a nap yesterday, got some new shoes. So at my age, when you get new shoes and a nap, that's a, that's a win-win. That's a huge combo. And uh, speaking yeah. of your travel, you were uh, down in Naples, Florida, I believe. The latest edition of, of the Top Gun camp uh, run by Football University. Uh, a lot of, you know, big time prospects are at that. Usually, you know, a lot of the younger guys, but also a guy in the 2023 class. Tell us about how that camp went for you, Rusty. Well, obviously, you're talking about 1,300, over 1,300 players and people from all over the country. I mean, I met a family from Utah, a quarterback from Utah I liked as a young kid, you know, all the way into these seniors. So, uh, it's something I do every year down in Naples. Uh, Steve Quinn and Eric Richards do a tremendous job with FBU and Top Gun Camp, and it's a, it's kind of to me it kickstarts like the real football season. But you know, with all that being said, obviously for me and for probably our uh, subscribers, the, the the main guy was Jordan Hall. That's a 2023 defensive lineman out of Jacksonville, Florida, and you know, Kip was someone like him. It showed me a lot because he came down and competed with all these offers. I mean, it's Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Florida State. Everybody's involved with him. And, you know, he's kind of doing the opposite. He didn't take any officials this summer. He's just really laid back. I saw Texas offered him yesterday. Uh, I think he's going to Miami and LSU at the end of the month. And he's really taking his time with this thing. But I can see why he is so such a high priority for Georgia's kids, six foot four, 310 pounds. He was. You know, those are the kind of the no-brainers. You see a guy like that, how quick he is, how good he is with his hands. But more importantly to me, you know, he got he came to earn an All-American invite. Uh, he he did that certainly, but for me, for three days in 100 degree heat in Southwest Florida on that turf, it was smoking hot. Uh, he never took a rep off. In fact, I took a picture uh, right before we did one-on-ones, and it was hot, man. It was hot. And in that picture, he's sitting in the front row. And he has his helmet on and every other kid is sitting there looking up and cooling off. And like he was strapped up, ready to go. And I think that picture kind of said it all to me, like this guy, this guy's ready to do his thing. And he certainly did not disappoint. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Jordan Hall. You know, there's always a, a defensive lineman every cycle that, you know, he's not lowly rated. He's definitely, you know, a four star composite, uh, a top 200 prospect, but still possibly a little underrated you know we've seen that in the past the guy guys that georgia gets in on early uh, jalen carter being one of those guys in recent years that you know ended up being a five star but around this time of the cycle was kind of similar just you know right outside the the top 100 and a guy that we continue to tell the junkyard is is a huge prospect a huge target for for georgia and i think 
you know, maybe Jordan Hall, we don't have that, you know, that testing, the testing numbers, the athleticism isn't verified, similar to what we have with Jalen Carter, but, you know, have a guy that has almost 11 inch hands and, and, you know, the 84 inch wingspan, you do have some data to go with. So he definitely has, you know, the size and the length. And I think uh, if you look at his junior film, he had a pretty solid game against Valdosta, you know, one of the the better teams in South Georgia. With that in mind, I want to say hello to Coastal Dog 912 checking in over there in the comments. But this is a huge prospect, huge target for Georgia. And Rusty, there's a lot of huge prospects, uh, huge targets for Georgia who are announcing their decisions this month. I think uh, it's been a, a couple big weeks since we last had you on the podcast. And I think I'd be remiss if I didn't leave with the fact that Georgia landed one of, if not its top inside linebacker target in Raylan Wilson from Lincoln High School in Tallahassee, Florida, a guy that uh, you know I know that you're really high on. But this was another big win for Glenn Schumann. You know, losing three linebackers to the draft in the Kobe Dean, Quay Walker, Channing Tindall. This was a cycle where he had an opportunity to kind of reload, but also showcase the fact that once again, he's got a Buckus Award winner. He's sending guys to the NFL. He's got probably, you know, the best resume of uh, any coach's age and, and any inside linebacker coach in the country right now. And I think you put a guy like Raylan Wilson, you know, with a guy like C.J. Allen, knowing that they might add another guy to that class soon. I think this is a, a pretty big win for Glenn Schumann. I think he's probably uh, sitting pretty with those uh, snakeskin boots sitting up on the chair right now. What do you think, Rusty? Yeah, Brandon Wilson's that guy. I mean, I think, you know, for me personally, I don't make that decision, but I would have a hard time believing there's a better inside linebacker with the ceiling he has. He's 16 years old. You know, he's got the NFL pedigree. His dad played for the New Orleans Saints, early 2000s wide receiver. Uh, you know, he's a 10, 800-meter guy, long, rangy, just a shade under 6'2". And, you know, to me, man, comes out of a powerhouse program in that Tallahassee area. And I just think that this guy's got a very, very high ceiling, everything I, everything I hear about him. And, you know, just the way the game is today, if you can cover in space, uh, if you can play inside the box, be physical, I, I think this guy's a huge, huge get for Georgia. Uh, tough break for Michigan, but I don't think really a lot of people maybe outside the Michigan fan base expected him to stay there. I know Florida tried to uh, try to get in there with him, but Glenn Schumann at that point had made him a priority. And, you know, Glenn Schumann's one of those guys right now you don't really want to be trying to go head-to-head -head with at the end. Now, he didn't win them all, but he wins a majority of them. Already got C.J. Allen, another guy that I'm sky high on. And uh, we'll talk about another, you know, target here shortly. He's going to make his decision. But doing what Glenn Schumann has done, uh, you know, talking about a guy that's 32 years old and, you know, he's a baby in this world of college football. But, man, he is really building his resume. Uh, and I think with Raylan Wilson, Georgia signed a guy that he is going to be an absolute – you know, he's going to be a superstar at Georgia, I think, uh, barring any kind of crazy changes. But you already got C.J. Allen and, and Raylan Wilson in the, in the box, and man, in, in, the, in the fold, so to speak, with this class. So I just think that what Glenn Schumann is doing right now, I see why Kirby Smart gave him a hef another hefty raise in the offseason. It's actually amazing that we have a prospect like Raylan Wilson that Georgia's able to land, you know, out of Tallahassee and Florida State's not even mentioned in his recruitment. It's just uh, it's something else. I think, you know, you're seeing things change down there. Obviously, Miami's making a lot of noise right now. But the fact that Florida was the in-state school that, that Georgia had to beat out there, it, it's just uh, fascinating to me because I've, you know, we've covered a lot of Lincoln High School prospects, a lot of Tallahassee prospects. And 
the the recruiting has definitely changed uh, since you and I got into this business. But yeah, Raylan Wilson, you mentioned the verified athleticism, the film, he's productive. And the fact that he's back there returning kicks and punts uh, at his size, again, almost 6'2", 213 pounds. He's out there returning punts and showcasing actual functional athleticism and playmaking ability. Uh, it just says, it says a lot about the you know the kind of prospect that that George is landing. He is one of those guys that uh, you, you can look at and know that he's got elite talent, he's got elite production, and he fits exactly what Glenn Schumann's looking for at that inside linebacker position. So uh, another big get for Georgia, and then. Not just the 2023 class that's rolling along right now. It's uh, it's very interesting because uh, Georgia lost the 2024 co- commitment. Uh, you know, to start off the the month and Antion Jackson, and then you know they add two guys in the 2024 class from Colquitt County in Nye Carr and Landon Thomas. And then earlier this week, you know, they start off that 2025 class as well, picking up a, a big time running back. It's just uh. It's been kind of a, a pretty active week. Like we said, this is the dead period, but uh, you know, p- finding out that uh, George is going to land a 2025 running back that's 6'1", 200 pounds, and his, uh, Jabri Wallace-Coleman, and then finding out he's 2025, it's, it's uh, kind of an eye-opener there a little bit. Kind of came out of nowhere. Rusty, what do you think about these underclassmen commitments that George has been able to pick up? Well, I actually just saw at a padded camp a couple weeks ago, Nycar and Landon Thomas again. I saw him last. I saw him in August of 2020, first time. And, uh, you know, I saw Nycar. And the thing that kind of stood out to me was his top end speed, his explosion, uh, this burst. And he's not the biggest guy you've ever seen, but as far as like just taking off, he called a tunnel screen. I think it was against Houston County. And, um, he came up underneath the linebackers, and there was a little gap there. And he ran right through it. He was gone for a touchdown. The next game, I saw a kid really try to challenge Nye, and he was talking a little smack, which is normal in high school football. And um, Nye, Nye gave the nod to his quarterback, and on the next play, he ran basically a streak and, and just ran by the kid, caught him for a touchdown. And let me tell you, he let him know, you know, if you're going to call me out, you better be able to back it up. So uh, he was a problem for teams to match up with. You look at Landon Thomas, obviously big kid. Uh, probably right at six foot four at Colquitt County under Sean Calhoun playing in that offense now. Uh, will be spread out a little bit more, get a little few more targets. But the thing I liked about Landon seeing him, he made a couple of key blocks that allowed some plays to be extended, and then he caught some balls in traffic there. So, you know, if you come from Colquitt County, football is important. You're going to work hard, you're going to understand the year round training and those types of things. So, uh, that was a huge get for Georgia. I know early on, Michigan and Ohio State had both of those kids on their campus. They offered early. They were up there this summer. Uh, I think there was some kind of momentum there, but uh, credit, uh, you know, uh, you credit uh, Brian McClendon there and Todd Hartley again from going into southwest Georgia and getting it done at Colquitt County. And tell you that that area there, as you talked about, you know, a kid from Lincoln and a, a kid from South Georgia, Gabe Harris flips from Florida State. You know, to me, Florida State's been unable to get a foothold in that area there. Uh, that's been a problem for them. But Georgia under Kirby Smart has have been really, really strong with their top targets south of Macon. Yeah, definitely. I think at this point, uh, Todd Hartley's going to have to uh, just start checking out the middle schools. I think he might be getting bored a little bit recruiting the tight end position. But definitely uh, some big gets for Georgia to, the, to jumpstart those classes. And, you know, some more targets set to announce uh, their decisions later this month. We'll get to that on the other side of the break. And uh, you're, we'll head in that break right now. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. 
Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Welcome back, everyone. And, you know, I just mentioned Glenn Schumann might be getting bored, but I mean, uh, uh, Todd Hartley might be getting bored, but Glenn Schumann might not be far behind. He's got an opportunity to basically fill out his inside linebacker class. As we said, he's got CJ Allen on board. He's got Raylan Wilson on board. And another big time target is set to announce his decision on Saturday. That is Troy Boyles, the linebacker from Jesuit High School in Tampa, Florida a top 50 prospect in the 24-7 sports composite, 6'1", 205 pounds. He took official visits last month to Georgia, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. The crystal ball predictions right now, four are in, and all four are in for, for Georgia to land his commitment right now. This is an opportunity for Glenn Schumann again to land another one of his top prospects. You know, you could argue that he might be adding – his top three targets at the position when all is said and done. Rusty, what can you tell us about Troy Boyles and and, and where his recruitment is right now heading into this decision? Well, you want to talk about NFL pedigree. Look no further than Troy Bowles. His dad, Todd Bowles, is the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I and mean, he's been around it for years. You can imagine the amount of time he's spent in training camp and around players. But here's a guy that I think when you look at um when you look at Troy Bowles, uh, this is another guy that Glenn Schumann locked in on uh, going into the decision. For a while there, I thought it was Georgia-Ohio State battle. Sounds like Oklahoma's a team that really had a chance there as well, has a chance. So I think it's Georgia. I have not talked to him. Uh, I have not talked to Troy about this upcoming decision. So as of you know, time we're filming this, I, I don't know 100% where he's going. I feel like it's Georgia. So you know, with that, if Glenn Schumann can add those three guys in the mix – uh, for this class, I know he would have to be uh, extremely excited and um, to, to add some athletic guys. Uh, but I really think that Troy Bowles, you look at him and what he what he understands about football and coming from a family like that, that is a legit NFL pedigree uh, to, to be having a, a dad as a head coach in the NFL. So I think it says a lot. If Georgia can get him, if Georgia can add him, I think it says a lot for, for Todd Bowles. He came up and visited. With, with Kirby Smart and staff, he came up on the official visit. He was around there. Obviously, he has to sign off on something like this. So I think it would be a, a, a big deal for George if they do land him to say, hey, we've got an endorsement probably from, from Ty Bowles and say, you guys can coach my kid. I'm comfortable with what you're doing. I've seen what you're doing. I think you can develop him. It doesn't hurt to the fact that his, uh, his brother, uh, Todd Bowles Jr., playing DB at Rutgers. You obviously have that Fran Brown connection as well. So there's, you know, there's a lot of comfort and familiarity there. But, you know, again, this was a guy that early on this cycle, Glenn Schumann set his sights on, made sure to see him in January, made sure to see him again during the evaluation period in May, and, and they locked in on him. And I think uh, it just goes to show that the evaluations right now with that support staff, with the coaching staff, they're kind of locked in right now. And they're, being, they're able to find these guys, you know, had the COVID gear, everything's kind of a little haywire there. but now. They're able to get the full evaluation cycle in, able to get guys on campus, able to get them measured up, and, and able to see them in camp early on. 
we're starting to see again Georgia starting to you know to shine and 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 thrive when they're able to use you know all the things that they have not just in the coaching staff but just selling the program obviously coming off a national championship you add a guy like Troy Boyles again uh you're adding you know all the intangibles tangibles as well uh, and an elite inside linebacker class if Georgia's able to to land his commitment on Saturday so I think Obviously, that would be huge for Georgia in this recruiting class right now. I think it's I think it's ranked uh, number seven in the country, but you know has a chance to to really move up and and to really add a lot of big targets before the the, the month of July is over. So I, I think uh, you got to be real excited about where where things are for Georgia right now. And I think now you're heading into uh, you know team practice. Uh, you know so fall camp is right around the corner. We got SEC media days next week. I just got the email. You know, Georgia's going to be represented by Stetson Bennett, Nolan Smith, and Cedric Van Pran. I think, uh, you know, no one will be surprised to hear that those are going to be Georgia's rep- representatives at the, uh, you know, the SEC media days. And I think, uh, Rusty, I think right now the team is ready to locked and loaded and, and ready to start fall camp. Uh, what are your thoughts on kind of where the team is right now? Well, you're going through that time. They just had it really, truthfully, which is crazy to say, they just had their really last break, 4th of July. Um, and with 4th of July, no news is good news. I'll never forget getting that phone call. That's, I think that was the time Sonny Michelle got hurt that year, broke his arm um, with, a, with an ATV injury during that time off. So with, with, I'm sure Kirby Smart and those guys, are, they were kind of holding their breaths, get these kids through this last break right here because now you're back in school. You're back in this little summer session. Um, you know, they work out. They eat together and like, what, three weeks and four or five days, they go into that hotel at the Georgia Conference Center and it's camp and it's on. Next thing you know, it's a game. So uh, for this team, they're trying to push through. These are important times right here where you build that kind of last minute off the field stuff. The freshmen are still getting a little bit, uh, you know, more acquainted with things. But I just think that really with Georgia, man, it's go time with this team. And, and these guys have been through this before. All the, you know, talk about guys like Stetson Bennett and Van Pran and Nolan Smith. Uh, it's go time. They understand it. And I've heard Nolan Smith has been a very, 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 it doesn't surprise me, been a very, very, very vocal leader uh, in this offseason. That doesn't surprise me one bit. Challenging people, hey, not to be, you know, this is a totally different season. And, uh, you know, I, I I don't know that they have all the the, the the quite numbers of experienced guys last year in the offseason, but I know one thing, they got a true alpha, Nolan Smith, and I guarantee he's getting after people every day in practice. Big year for him. Obviously, he's he's ready to come back and be a leader of this team. He obviously knows what it takes to be a leader on, on the defense. He saw uh, several of those guys last year, probably, uh, you know, this if not the strongest group uh, we've seen at Georgia as far as just leadership and production, obviously. Uh, but uh, I think, you know, we're going to have no shortage of, of things to talk about next week, not just the media days, but we got some more guys ready to announce their commitments as well. I think, you know, you look at uh, Jamal Jarrett, uh, defensive lineman uh, from Grimsley, uh, North Carolina. Early on this cycle, he was identified as, you know, maybe not that uh, Jordan Davis replacement, but definitely in that vein, that type of player, not just on size, but just on work ethic as well. You see his workout videos. He is not afraid to uh, – to put himself out there and 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 not afraid to push himself as well. 
Rusty, what can you tell us about Jamal Jarrett as, as he starts to uh, prepare for his commitment next week, which I believe is going to come on Tuesday? Yeah, this is a, this was a major, major target for Georgia. Um, I believe I have a crystal ball in on Georgia. I believe. I think so. But um, if not, I think it's Georgia as of now. Uh, you know, I'm not ready to, to stand on the table and say I feel really good about this. And I know North Carolina is recruiting him hard. He's a major target for them as well. So, you know, the next couple of days as we get you know close to this thing, we'll, we'll see what we're hearing. But this is another big-time decision right here. Uh, Trey Scott, Jordan Davis, all these guys have been involved here. They're trying to go back into North Carolina and get another big-time prospect. Uh, this is someone that Georgia's picked out early on. And, uh, you know, what they do with their 3-4 and those big-body guys inside, be able to gap control and, and, and do those types of things and hold people off the linebackers at times. So, uh, th this is a guy that you go out and watch his video. It's crazy. This is a high school player, how big he is. But I, I think that this is a, this is another big decision. Um, and I kind of do always give my decision. I always kind of give my thoughts as of today. Uh, right now, I, I would still pick Georgia here, but North Carolina is not going away easy. Yeah, and, and this cycle, it's it's one of those things where you might feel pretty good going into decision week on where a prospect might uh, land. And in that final 48 hours has been different this cycle. Yep. Teams are able to, to the, make those big pushes in the, in, in the final hours and, and pull off a, you know, a, a last minute victory. I think you got in-state North Carolina probably trying to apply that pressure right now and, and, and get a little bit of momentum in the final hours. Uh, we'll be covering that one, uh, you know, for you guys next week. And we'll be talking about SEC Media Days as well. So there's going to be plenty of, to talk about, I think, for Georgia recruiting, as we said. We said this summer there's going to be a lot of momentum for Georgia. I think right now that they, they have an opportunity, not just in the next week, but just uh, over the month of, you know, the, the rest of July as well, heading into August, to, to pick up a lot of recruiting momentum and, and really fill out a lot of big needs in their class. With 13 commitments right now in this cycle, uh, I think there's a good shot. They're closer to 20 when all is said and done when the season comes. And, and these are guys that, again, took official visits over the summer. Georgia had them on campus, and, and they're ready to make their decisions before their, their senior season. So it's a, it's a different cycle for Russie and I to cover, but it's one where I think Georgia's going to be able to land a lot of their, you know, their, their first targets, their, their plan A guys, and put themselves in a good position to, to focus on that season. Overall, Rusty, where, do you like where Georgia's recruiting is right now ahead in the season? Are there any question marks or, or uh, you know, positions that you still kind of have your eye on that you're thinking, you know, there's still some questions that need to be answered here? Well, obviously, you start looking at running back. You know, do they land Justice Haynes, which I think right now they're in a good spot for. We'll see with that. Um, how, how, how much is Georgia in this thing with Richard Young? If they don't get Richard Young, uh, who's the next guy there? Who's the next second running back they're going to try to look at? Those, those are all questions to be answered. Um, and then you start looking at this, if they get Justice Haynes, which I feel like they are, but uh, we'll see with that. And then you get uh, the offensive line. We all, we obviously get that question a lot. This recruiting cycle here uh, right now, they got, what, I think three verbal commits there. Um, so trying to add some other guys. What are they adding to the mix there? You always look at wide receiver, you know, and here's the thing with that. You know, you got two, Stacey Searles, new old offensive line coach. You got Brian McClendon. Both these guys come back to Georgia. Obviously, Fran Brown at DB. You got some new guys, Chidera at outside linebacker. So you got all these new guys trying to figure out who's going to add bodies right here. But uh, we'll, we'll find out as this class goes forward. But the running back, offensive line, and wide receivers for me are the questions. And can they solidify this class 
uh, with some guys at the top of their board. We're going we're gonna to find out. But uh, I, I think Georgia is in a pretty good spot with some major, major targets. But like you said, Kip, I mean, this thing changes every day. And, and some of the stuff, you know, I've talked to people across different networks and, you know, kind of the pattern I'm hearing is all these things are changing that last 24 hours. It's such a new, we're all learning. This is the first real cycle where this is involved. And, um, you know, I, I just think that uh, Georgia needs to finish and close. they got some really good players, some really top targets uh, on the board still. Georgia coming off that national championship, got a lot of recruiting equity right now and uh, definitely have a lot more to, to, to work with on the recruiting trails. They've answered a lot of questions, got very few left as far as uh, negative recruiting against them at this point. I think uh, you, you look at where the program's going right now, uh, you got to be excited if you're a Georgia fan, but obviously those are important positions. The wide receiver offensive line, you definitely want to stock those, those position rooms and, and, and the running back position. It's always going to be a big one in Georgia's offense. So we're, we're looking forward to see what Dale McGee is able to do this cycle. But again, we'll talk more about that next week. And then SC Media Days for this edition of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Kip Adams. He's Rusty Mantel. You guys take it easy.